0: Welcome back to another episode of Boots and Engines with me, Julian De Silva. And on today's episode, guys, we'll be talking about Malaysian football. Or rather, how Malaysia, Malaysian football is coming up the ranks slowly, even though we are not um, really seeing the spark in it uh, over the past few years or so. But one thing I would like to highlight is that we... Are definitely having a good development of the youth if maybe some of you may not realize or some people may be observant enough to see that Malaysian youth the Malaysian youth has a future the Malaysian youth football does have a future in Malaysia it did take quite a long time to develop but you know I guess I can proudly say that we are finally there we are getting there there is hope for Malaysian football in the coming three four years you know because let's face it um if some of you may know or you know it, it it goes way back it goes way back as as far as 40 to 30 30 to 40 years ago when Malaysia were last um successful when they last competed in the Olympics and the major tournaments you know the the best 11 that they had and I for one am proud to say that I was coached by one of them which is none other than Dato Santok Singh. So, you know, they they always emphasized um, um he in particular emphasized to us during our training sessions of how our attitude now as compared to then before was so it's so different. It's it's changed so much because football back then wasn't about isn't wasn't how it is today. Like, you know, Back then they were all focused about the game and only the game. They weren't focused about oh um how much uh you know about the money or all kinds of any other distractions that were in the way. You know, their focus was just on football and they were so disciplined throughout the way. They only had one goal in mind and that was to win every single game. And unlike now, football is all about money and you know, it's all about who's better than who or who's getting a higher salary or which club has more facilities or which club is signing a more expensive player so you know the 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 looks of football the the term of football has rather changed drastically and it's not how it used to be like before but you know as we are developing as a football nation as I can say Malaysia has one of the biggest fan base for football, whether it could be local or international football. But it is great to see, you know, there's so many so much of there is development coming along the way. There was some development that happened before and died off, but you know, it is coming back again. Like we just saw recently Lukman. Hakim, the Malaysian footballer who signed his contract with Belgian side Kortrijk, Kortrijk, yeah, and this was such a big boost for him. And uh, coincidentally, this club is actually owned by, um, uh, Mister Tansri Tony Vincent Tan. So, that was a a big boost for him. You know, he got his time to shine and. This club is quite uh, a big club in Belgium itself, you know, pl- apart from the clubs like Club Bruges and Genk and all that. So, it's interesting to see how he will be shining and not long ago, um, our JDT, Johor takzim player, Safari Rashid, Rashid, was also offered by a Portuguese club. So, you know, it's, it's happening, you know, it's happening. The players are getting their big break. It's happening, you know, from time to time, but it's not easy. Like, as we saw before, if some of you um, who have been watching Malaysian football, who all kept up with um, a Malaysian player by the name of Nazmi Faiz, who currently plays for Johor Darul Taksim. See, he played in Portugal uh, several years back, but he was performing really well, but he couldn't last due to... Um, he was kind of homesick and he was missing the Malaysian lifestyle. He couldn't really adjust to how life was in Portugal. Therefore, um, he was signed by a Malaysian club. He came back to Malaysia. And yeah, of course, he is doing well yet again. But the, the growth of Malaysian football, the youth as I mentioned earlier, it is it is slowly getting there but it is not the way we want it to because how we see football development is it should be happening fast, you know, it shouldn't be happening you know like one play after one play because it also involves with the involvement of the clubs in with the association of um you know the the football association Association of Malaysia, um, as I, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, um, as you all know, FAM, the Football Association of Malaysia is currently doing their best to actually recruit some of the best Malaysian talents. However, it is not doing so well because I believe that they have not got the support of the other football clubs, the other states in Malaysia as we all know there are so many other clubs there you have Joe Daratak Zim who has been flying high and been winning titles year after year and then we have Selangor, Kelantan, Terengganu, Perak and all those clubs so as you can see currently Joe Darul is the only club as we speak that has the biggest or rather, rather the fastest development amongst all the clubs and it is absolutely tremendous looking at how their facilities are how they are their junior programs how they're developing their players it's phenomenal it's great you know and to add to that they've had so many ties with international clubs we are, we are talking about valencia borussia dortmund and we're talking about big names as well you know david beckham ronaldo ronaldino lucas pedalsi all have paid a visit to The JDT training ground. So, you know the fact that we have contacts through. Um, our local clubs with foreigners and other big names. It's it's just amazing, but we can't just develop with one club, you know, with one state football association, because. You know, for long, state FAs and clubs in Malaysia have been implored. By FAM to make efforts to develop talent, but only a few are bothered to do so, you know? And development takes a backseat for local teams who are desperate for success but yet are cash-trapped. Can't say the same for JDT who are loaded with cash and how they've been bringing in players and developing it. It's truly amazing, but In the days when FEM used to manage you know the M League, which is the Malaysian Football League, a portion of the grants were used for club developments. And the clubs, however, failed to keep their end of the bargain. Instead they used that portion of the grant to pay the salaries of players and coach. And we know when it comes to salaries of players and coaches, um, that has taken a pretty bad Dip as well as, um, last last season or was it the year before Kelantan had this problem whereby they couldn't play, They couldn't pay some of the salaries to the players, and th- this involved few other clubs as well because they were short of cash and they didn't have any money. And you know, the, this this what happens when you know the money, or rather the grants, are used in the wrong way or the right way, not in the right way. So. Uh, this this is the problem, and this affects Harimau Malaya, the Malaysia team, as well. So, and you know, the critics claim that Harima Malaya would lose their identity, stripes, and all if the country continues to bring in you know naturalized players. And you know, now football is not just about two teams on the pitch. It is much more than that. It's an industry, and there are more. There are many other things in the ecosystem, including commercialization and you know with or without naturalized players a country has to attain results which will not only encourage youngsters to take up the game but also raise the business value of the sport if there is more money going to the game it means a country can invest on football infrastructure infrastructure and development you know I mean, in in Malaysia itself, most clubs depend on state and government funds to play in the M League. You know, yes, I agree that the clubs should market themselves and get their own sponsors. But, however, what will corporations gain from investing in clubs? Except for teams like JDT and Selangor, which have pretty big developments and are actually uh, bringing up stars, you know, they are really developing players. But what about the other clubs, you know, we can't there has to be some equal level to this, you know, we can't just let two clubs have the whole ball game and let the other clubs suffer and watch them build, you know? It's building as a nation. It's building for the better the betterment of Malaysian football because we want to be back there where we once were, you know, where we once were in the 70s and the 80s where we had so much success. Malaysia was one of the biggest Asian powerhouses, I would say, and of course we were known to everyone around the world, but now we are just you know, we've slumped, you know. I believe like the last big success we had as a Malaysian football team was winning the AFF Suzuki Cup in 2010. I think that was the biggest, the biggest success we've had so far. And yeah, that was, um, I think, one of the best tournaments we've had. Uh, you know, ever since then, it's hasn't been going so well. It's kind of been up and down, but we are showing signs of improvement, nevertheless, through individual players and the growth of the clubs. So, uh, I that this is how I personally feel about it, to be honest, and. You know, maybe some of you may hear, may have different thoughts on it. Some of you may feel that you know the football is doing well. Some of you may agree with me and say that you know we still have much to do. But taking into context, you know, we have to understand the mindset, and we have to change our mindset. We, you know, maybe we can't change the mindset mindset of players. Who are already there who have already been there and succeeded you know but what we can do is you know if you are a up and coming footballer of or you know you want to succeed and play for the malaysian team or you know you want to have you have high hopes for football you know you have to have that mindset that yes money is one thing but you know football is all about the game you know you gotta focus on game focus on the goal the main goal that you want to attain, and that is winning games, bringing success to your team, bringing the team to greater heights. You want your clubs or you want to achieve like what JDT has achieved, what Solango has achieved. But I guess JDT would be a perfect example to what they have been. JDT really started uh, coming up the ranks in 2013 when, you know, uh, TMJ Tugu Makoto Johor, uh, Sultan Ibrahim, took over the club and he really turned around and the first major signing he made was bringing Pablo Aymar to JDT. Some of you may know him, some of you may not know him, but I I was, I was in shock and I was kind of like <laughs> at a standstill because I watched Pablo Aymar play in the Europa League, in the Champions League and. How when he played for Valencia and Benfica, and the fact that he would play for a club in Malaysia, it uh, I I don't know, it was it was just amazing. <laughs> it was amazing to see like the fact the fact that you know you see him playing in a local club, it just shows uh, you feel so proud, you feel some sort of achievement that the club has made. And of course it's the money and all that, but that was the beginning of Johor Darul Ta'zim's uh growth and development of the club and look where they are today they are six seven time um M- uh, Malaysian league champions and yeah there's no one there's no stopping them they're a big powerhouse and just last season they came up with their new stadium the Sultan Ibrahim Stadium which has a capacity of over sixty thousand and Looking at how they've developed so much, you know, they really have a future for the club. There's really a future for the club. TMJ has really got a future for the club, and it's, you know, he's going to bring the club sky high. Like I said, they've got um, ventures with and collaborations with so many of the big clubs, so it's going to be amazing. It's just something that, you know, we never would have imagined, you know, appearing in Malaysian football it is amazing yeah it's 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 just unbelievable but you know looking into this with all the hope and players that we have that will hopefully succeed for the country i do see Malaysia developing as a a rather bigger footballing nation in the coming years or so looking <clears throat> with the rise of our youth players and you know the hopes the hopes are high. I, I just I just hope that you know they have the right mindset, they set the right right mindset mindset on the players and things start to develop faster and you know they make more progress and hopefully the national team, the older guys will actually show prime example, you know step up their game, bring in more success and actually prove to the world, prove to our country that we will be back at it to where we once were 30-40 years ago and you know we'll have glory in this country again as we did many many years ago. So that is my personal hope for our football team and for the infrastructure of the Malaysian football development. So I hope you guys found this episode pretty interesting. It's something which I rarely cover, but I believe that this is something which is being talked about more. It's becoming a rather hot topic as things are getting better for this footballing nation. So once again, thank you guys for listening to Boots and Engines. And that is all from me, Julian De Silva. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye.